I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the 3 on 3 Pod. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Williamson. Joining y'all, we also got my girl on here, Tarika Foster-Brasby. Tarika was shaking, looking spiffy. What up, though, y'all? Nothing much. I'm chilling. I'm in I'm in the big city right now. I can't wait to get home, but yeah, I'm chilling. All right, that's what I like to hear. And then we also have our guest host coming off the bench, ready to deliver and shine, multimedia personality and host, Sheree Nicole. Sheree, how we feeling on this day? How we feeling? Z5 to everybody. We are. Ooh, that's right. We the shield. We, our Founders Day was this week. So I'm, I'm z Fying all week. Very happy to be with you guys, as always. And Tarika's Bob is exceptional. We're bobbing. Oh, it is. We're it bobbing. is pristine. That might be the best Bob I've ever seen. Probably the better Bob than Ed Mode, all them. Tara Vanderveer. I am jealous in this moment. Her she is turning up. Wait. Since he didn't compare me to Tara Vanderveer, now you know. <laughs> no, I said, no, I said Tara. I said Ed Mode for. Hey, they badasses, though. That is the Queen of that, that Bob and Bob is 92. Okay. <laughs> that got some seasoning to it. <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? Man. <laughs> oh Lord, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> hey, but uh, this week, what were you gonna say, Sheree? I want you commenting on 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 a Bob is very funny to me in general, but <laughs> the connection you drew, it's very fascinating. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It was <laughs> it was I'm from the heart. Impressed. That's just what came to the top of my mind. You know what I'm saying? It was all it was all genuine, all genuine. Uh, but man, do we have a great show for y'all on this day? And of course, this week was MLK Day, right? And we had the NBA who honored MLK um, really well with the tributes and the the conversations. Of course, the Lakers beat the Thunder. Draymond Green came back from suspension, and they lost to as uh, one of our friends or one of my friends at Mark Schindler, uh, the Graveyard Grizzlies, um, mm. which was crazy. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> Tarika knows, uh, big WNBA guy. Um, but look, we're about halfway through the year for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Most of these teams, if not all of them, have played 40 to 41 games. So that means it's time for our midseason review and analysis. Who really has stood out? Maybe as far as a disappointing team or mm-hmm. players that have really risen to the occasion like we haven't expected. And then, of course, we're going to get into our MVP pick, MVP picks um, at yeah. the end of this. And, Cherie, I want to know for you, what team or what player has really stood out to you? Or maybe it's something different. Maybe it's the officiating because we can always talk about horrible oh, Don't do that. Referee. Don't, I don't I even did, want to risk and I will again. Don't, don't even do that. <laughs> it, it, is, it is questionable to say the absolute, the absolute least. Um, but interestingly enough for me, like, I am – 
I didn't expect to see the Timberwolves sitting where they are or the Thunder, to be honest. I, I'm very, very impressed more than anything else um, to see how they've performed and where they're sitting right now. And I mentioned on the show just a few weeks back with you all when the Lakers won the in-season tournament, you know, they acted like they had won the championship um, that, you know, mm-hmm. I was hopeful about their future. And now they're sitting um, well below even a, a play in spot right now. So I'm actually disappointed and how they didn't necessarily take that momentum into where they are currently. Again, it also speaks to the inconsistencies that I think exist with Anthony Davis. I've, been, I've had a problem with him for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. This week, he's, he's done well. I mean, the, the win that they had was impressive nonetheless, but I think we have to be realistic about LeBron James as well. He's going to dominate, but he's getting older. So who else is going to step up and be consistent? So they're extremely disappointing to me. And then uh, I, I just like I like how Jokic is holding the Nuggets down. Like, excited for Murray to come back, but I really – like, I'm really excited to see when they're at full strength what they can be and how well he's been holding them down so far. So that's my analysis. Yeah, if I could, um, I'll slide in here really quick then, Chris. Um, I don't think it's a shocker to anybody that my biggest disappointment would obviously be my hometown team. We just got our fourth win against the Wizards this week. What in the world is going on? But I think bigger than, than that is the disappointment with Monty Williams. Like, I think mm-hmm. there was this... There was this notion that I had in my head about him coming into the season that this guy was a coach who could really develop young talent, who could really take a team to the next level. And now I've been believing that, you know, maybe he's been that kind of coach that's had had so many dominant players that it mm. has masked his ability for us to really see that maybe he doesn't have that developmental skill that you need for a coach that has a young team. So I've been really disappointed with that. Um, but I'm actually quite impressed with the Houston Rockets. We haven't really talked about them yeah. much, but they're a team that really picked up where where Boston put it down, right? Ime Udoku came in, um, took over the team, added some vets to his young core, um, really got them in a prime position right now to lock in a play-in spot and could potentially move up in the standings there. Um, got them playing defense, which is something we didn't really see out of Houston previously. So I'm really impressed with what I've seen um, out of the Houston Rockets. And I think I am happily shocked and surprised by the rookie of the year race. I think, you know, everyone knew that Victor Wimbiano was going to be sitting right there in prime for this rookie of the year conversation. But you can add in Derek Lively. You can add in Chad Holgram, who, speaking to your point about the Thunder, he's one of the key reasons that they're playing so well. So this isn't just a... It's going to be Victor's, uh, like, award, and that's it. Like, there's actual competition for that rookie of the year race, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah. No, it is because, like you said, everybody thought it was going to be, or most people thought it was going to be, yeah, Victor's to lose. And then Chet Holmgren said, look, I had that year off, right? But I was training my (laughs) ass off, and I'm here. And we coming. Like, I'm much better, right, than uh, than Wimby Spurs. For me, you know, I got a couple, a few takeaways. One – um, the officiating has been terrible. I'm not going to get fined because I do not play in the NBA <laughs> or coach in the NBA. Uh, just the them wanting to be the main stars, like just making mm. ridiculous calls, whether it's texts or ejections that are overreactions to the players. Yep. It, it really bothers me because the game is supposed to be about emotions and, you know, excitement and being all up in somebody's face, the passion. You got Mike Brown out here giving PowerPoints, after the pre- after the game, my man got had a whole film session in the press yeah, conference. Yeah, he said, "Here's why." See, I can I can deal with you know missed calls, but oh, the consistency, man. you know that that gave us a whole bunch of meme material. Darko for the Raptors is going up. He's like, "If the Lakers, yeah. if the Lakers were supposed to win, it, just tell me why why would we show up?" Like after yeah. the Raptors yeah. lost to the Lakers in a, in a controversial game, uh, so the officiating has been really disappointing. Um, I'm also really down on the Warriors and how dysfunctional they have been. I did not expect them to come out this season the way they have, whether it's Klay Thompson being passive aggressive in his press conferences, you know, Steph Curry trying to hold the team all together because Draymond Green does not know how to keep his hands to himself. Andrew Wiggins sometimes looks disinterested with the game. Steve Kerr seems to be in over his head and holding on to too much loyalty with his veteran guys instead of playing mm, the young point. guys. Um, and and then you think about, you know, Jordan Poole. Of course, he he's not going to solve all their problems, but you look at what they did to him, Draymond specifically, and now it's like, yeah, you might 
might have been okay to keep him, right? It might have been wise to keep him for what he adds to the team. So that's been disappointing. Um, I will say, though, I'm really impressed with the Magic. I don't want to make it all negative. The Magic and what they've done, Jamal Mosley, that head coach over there, Paolo Bencaro, you know what I'm saying, Cole Anthony. They've just got a really good young core that has figured out how to play really good defensive ball and be extremely unselfish. Right now they're eighth in the East as of this taping. So I got to shout out the Magic because we have not seen them uh, be relevant for some time, and now we're kind of getting into that um, as well. And now, you, you, uh, Cherie, you want to talk about the Warriors, though? <sighs> Deep sigh. I, I just I was talking about this with one of my close friends at, at literally like today. And I I think that we have to come to the understanding that all dynasties do come to an end. Like it, it's a natural order. And I, I to your point, Chris, I do think and, and Steve Kerr has to do what he has to do. He's a coach. But I think the narrative of them being that team, I think we all need to recalibrate our thinking around the Warriors. They really do need to rebuild. Draymond Green was not rehabilitated. I'm sorry to tell anybody in three weeks. I just don't believe it. Um, um, he, he wasn't impressive to me even before this happened, but I don't think he's the piece that's needed. Like when he comes, when he goes and comes back, oh, Draymond's going to save the day. No, he's not. There needs to be a overhaul in a lot of different ways. And to your point, Chris, about that loyalty, that's a problem. And I don't really know because of Steve Kerr's background, even as a player, if he's conceptualizing that enough to make the necessary adjustment. So they are definitely a disappointment. Clay Thompson's probably my biggest disappointment because I was hoping after last season that he would just continue to move forward, continue to get it, get like get himself together and get his sense of confidence. The fact that we're talking about him not being confident on the court. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never thought that we'd be having this conversation inconsistent. Nah. So that that's the disappointment for me. And, and again, Steph is going to be Steph like, and there's yeah. only so yeah. much he can do. And so I think we have to understand that as well. Even with leaders, I think we put so much on leaders and not understand like they have to have the pieces around them right now. He doesn't have the pieces. So I'm hoping that they make some changes, but also I don't know if they will. And at least if they do, I definitely don't think it's going to happen within this, within this season here. So I, I, I cry for them. I'm sad for them. And Draymond still gets on my nerves. Well, y'all know I love Draymond, so I'm not even. Oh, y'all see what I'm wearing today? What we not gonna do? I don't care. Get this man out of here. I don't care. You can wear the you can wear the hat, the socks, and the gym shoes too. I'm from Chicago. We call them gym shoes. I don't care. Get him out of here. Yes, we also say gym shoes in Detroit, and we not gonna stand up. No Spartans on this show today. But I will say. I do believe it is quite interesting that Draymond Green makes his debut back in the in the NBA on MLK Day. This man was about nonviolence and peaceful, and you gone the man who had the most and brought him back in Memphis. I'm going home. I'm done. In In Memphis, I was just getting ready to in your my camera in Memphis. I just didn't know if anybody else caught the significance of that. I thought that was very interesting. The irony is just through the roof, NBA. And this is what you do. Uh, like, if, if if I could just, if we're talking about surprises, like, NBA ethics is probably the most surprising and yet unsurprising thing this entire season because of mm. everything that we've seen between the situation with Draymond where it's an indefinite suspension, which definitely ended within 12 games, um, between the situations with Josh Giddy, between the situations with Miles Bridges. Like, there's yeah. just, yeah, my goodness. Like, is there a real ethics committee? Like, what in the, like, this is the thing that I just don't understand. We, 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 as my girl, Sheree is celebrating her Founders Day this week. We are all in Greek organizations. So we all got committees. Different committees that do Correct. different things. You know what I mean? And everybody got to put in your work where you sit on your committee in your chapter. And I'm just wondering, who is the parliamentarian for the NBA? Who is not following the bylaws correctly? And how do we get on the bylaws committee oh, to make me. some mm. recommendations? Because mm. this is crazy the way that this, uh, this, this league continues to operate in this way. So I think the biggest and most disappointing is that is that the NBA still hasn't quite figured out how to balance 
yes, respecting the Players Association and the rights and the the activism that's going to come on their behalf for their players, but also understanding this is our brand and our shield on the line. There's just certain things that we're going to take and that we're not going to take. And I just don't feel like they have figured it out in over 75 years. They don't care to figure it out. They don't care to figure it out. You know why? Because people like us will still watch, right? We touched Mm. on it before in previous episodes. We're still going to watch, you know, even though they have problematic tendencies and speaking about bylaws, they need to change them bylaws because currently right now, I don't don't know what's going on. Yeah. They they need some real adjustments over there um, for sure. And that ethics committee, I don't even know if they exist. Who is the chair? Who is the chair? Somebody go on Google right now. Let's go down to the Google and find this, this person. And then go on going to take a while. Just light it up. Who is the chair? <laughs> oh, man. Speaking about lighting it up, uh, MVP talk, let, let's get into it because we're halfway through the year. So it's not premature to have that conversation like people do after five or 10 games, which is ridiculous. But after about halfway through the season, 40, 41 games, Cherie, who would you name the MVP if somebody say, look, you make that MVP choice right now or else? Not not or else. Oh, my gosh, the pressure. <laughs> um, this is so tough for me. I got to admit, guys, I don't know if I have, like, a standout. Like, I, I love what's happening with Milwaukee. I-, I-, I love how Giannis is leading. Obviously, Damian Lillard is a big reason why they're successful. But I'm looking at him, and I have to go back to Nikola Jokic. Like, the way he's holding Denver down, I just feel like we're, we're going to see postseason – a team at full strength and I'm watching him step up. I, I just feel like he could easily be an MVP when it's all said and done. So I, I have to just lean into him right now. And I know that sounds kind of weird maybe, but I don't know. It's just, it's on my spirit. Like he's, he's just sitting with me more than anyone else at this time. I'm definitely leaning um, Joel Embiid. Um, I, I I have been heavy on Joel Embiid this entire year, right? But I don't think that he's going to win MVP not because of his um, ability to play. I mean, right now the dude is averaging 30 and 2. And the only other two players in the league to average 30 and 2 is Bob McAdoo and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, both of which went on to win MVPs, right? So it's not that, but it's because of his health that the league has a standard now on how many games you can miss in order to be considered for MVP. And I don't know if Joel Embiid is going to meet that threshold. I think he's going to supersede that. And I'm not mad about it. And I'll tell you quickly, the reason why I'm not mad about it is because I think Joel Embiid understands that Philadelphia is tired of getting halfway there. They need to win Mm. a championship. Like, point blank and period. You need to win a championship. I told you guys at the beginning of the season that this was going to be Tyrese Maxey's envy, I'm sorry, um, all-star year. And you mm-hmm. can see he's been balling out of control. So you have, yeah. you've got, you've got, you've got help. You've got support. Now you've got, you don't have the drama of James Harden around you anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to make it work, right? And so I think Joel Embiid understands that this is the time to make it work. And that means I got to be healthy. And so prioritizing your health and even if that means not playing in January, February to make sure I'm available for May and June, I think that that's a choice that he's willingly going to make and has made so far. So that might put him out of the race for MVP, but it certainly isn't because he isn't deserving of it. Mm. No, no, not, not. You're totally right about that. Uh, I don't think he will make that threshold. And yeah, if that's what he has to sacrifice, you know, for them to advance farther in the postseason, because we've been accustomed to seeing him you know, lay an egg or just not be, you know, MVP Joel Embiid, then then so be it. Uh, I'm leaning, you know, Sheree, I'm leaning towards Nikola Jokic, what he's doing. He's almost averaging a triple-double again, right? It's it's just ridiculous. And his efficiency, he never is in a rush. He plays with so much patience and poise. Uh, I, You know, I want to say Giannis because, you know, that's one of my favorite players. But they got some whole defensive issues that they need to figure out. Of course, we probably expected that with Drew Holiday gone, but maybe not to this yeah. level, especially with Adrian Griffin being a defensive-minded coach. Clearly doesn't look like that right now. But how about let's give some love to Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the Oklahoma City Thunder. No, but a lot of people did not expect them to be coming out the West like they are right now, yeah, taking teams you know, by the horns and all that. So for me – Shea Gildas-Alexander, the way he's elevated his game each and every year, starting with his rookie year with the Clippers to now averaging 31 points. He can also be a great playmaker. One of the 
prettiest games in the league right now. He's ultra smooth, just buttery as hell. So Shea Gilgis Alexander, I got to throw some respect on his name. I hope y'all don't have an issue with that. <laughs> None taken. Sustained. We do not need to call the ethics committee. We do not need to call the ethics committee on you, Chris. You, oh, you're fine, okay? You're fine. But I'm going to tell you who we might need to call the ethics committee on, and that's these fans in Chicago. We're going to tell you why when we come back. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. In my best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. Now, I know we got a Chicago native on the show right now. So this was just the best opportunity for us to figure out why in the world are Chicago fans being so rude. They were acting worse than Philadelphia fans booing Santa Claus. So apparently... Uh, the, Bill, the Bulls organization wanted to induct Jerry Krause into the Ring of Honor ceremony. And when his name flashed upon the screen, they went and acted a plum fool and started booing, booing, booing this man so bad that his widowed wife, Thelma Krause, started crying. She had to be consoled by former Bulls, Ron Harper. And I mean, I understand that the man wasn't truly beloved by everybody in the city, but he absolutely was the architect of the six championships that Bulls fan holds so dear, led by Michael Jordan, coached by Phil Jackson, um, really the staple to almost any NBA team, if, unless you're a Lakers fan or a Celtics fan. So Sheree, I got to come to you, sis. How, how, for one, do you feel that it was that it was boo worthy, number one? And number two, just what are your thoughts and overall feelings on one honoring Jerry Krause to the point where now to the point where your bulls are now where bottom of the barrel in the NBA? Well, you know how you have a family member. Or a friend that uh -oh. you that does some just weird or bananas or stupid, you don't want to claim them no more. That's 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 what this moment did to me. It's totally inappropriate. Okay. Um, first of all, Jerry Krause is not even with us any longer. So that alone is like sick to me. Um, I was very disappointed. 
one yeah. of the things just growing up and being a Bulls fan and and being so in entranced with the Bulls at the time, my father used to always say that the fans, the Chicago Bulls fans are spoiled. And I really do believe that even now. I mean, you get so used to winning where you feel entitled to certain things. You don't cheer as loud, you know, and, and, and I think that's part of it. It's it's a spoiled fan base. But the reality, as as you mentioned, Tarika, is this Jerry Krause. Yes, there are decisions that he made over the years that that pissed me off, for lack of a better word. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't deny a winner. And so there's a lot of things that can be said about somebody who may not have did, made decisions you like, but what is on the other side of those decisions? And you talk about six championships. You, he deserved to be honored, whether you like it or not. And so I think it's just it goes back to human decency. I mean, this is right. more of a human decency conversation than anything else. And that's the part that's so discouraging to me to know that people are in a place now where they're totally okay with behaving this way and they don't see any level of regard for respect. And we could even take it a step further. Everybody's behind the little, behind the cell phones, behind the computers, typing away, saying what you want to say, insulting people all day. Yeah. That actually spews over into interpersonal type of relationships. And that's what we're seeing here. So very disappointed. You all know I've stayed on the show before. I've had took taken issue with the front office for the Chicago Bulls for many, many years. That is part of the reason why they're in the situation that they are in. Don't know when that is going to change anytime soon. Sadly, that's just the reality. But totally 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 inappropriate my heart actually goes out to to his widow and his, and his family as well and nobody you know people are being honored nobody should be having to console someone during a ceremony where people are being honored i'm not talking about comfort them because they're emotional because they're happy we're right. talking about consoling somebody who's literally in distress so shame on you I, chicago you know i love you it's where i'm from but shame on you all for that it is totally irreprehensible it's yeah. disgusting, it is sad, and it is completely unacceptable. You know, it reminds me of the conversation that we had when we were talking crap about um, Greg Popovich telling folks to stop booing. Mm-hmm. See, now this time, he has seen Now, now where, was, where was Pop yeah. when this was happening? Right. Hey, this is when he could have right. come out and come said out something. And said he could have saved the day. He could have <laughs> saved the day. Uh, man. Yeah, for me, yeah, I could have same sentiments uh, as, as you are because- there's no reason to, you know, bring negativity into such a glorified and successful team, right? That won yeah. the NBA championship that year. And again, it's like they know they're not going to be held accountable for it because those people will never, probably never know. Only the people who were, you know, standing next to them or sitting next to them yeah. would know. But again, it's a whole bunch of keyboard warriors. People, you say whatever. You do whatever, and then you get to go back to your home like nothing ever happened. Um, but they really should look themselves in the mirror because if it wasn't for Jerry Krause, for all his flaws, you wouldn't even have this ceremony. You would probably wouldn't even have these six championships, right? Yeah, yeah. Because what he do, John Paxson, right? Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, Tex Winters, Phil Jackson traded you know Oakley for Cartwright. All those moves. Yeah. Like the list, Tony Coop coach drafted him, Dennis Rodman. Like, what do we do? What he he made those moves, not anybody else. Yes, yeah. he did not play a single second on that court, and the players win the games. Yeah, but yeah, you have to have the pieces first. Right. And Jerry Krause Absolutely. did that, and I think that last dance documentary probably just made it worse for the mm-hmm. perception of Krause uh, because of how it was the narrative that was told about him and maybe some of it's true about his ego and wanting to be the star, yeah. but yeah, the yeah. way they highlighted him, that was, uh, that was a little distasteful. And I think the yeah. fans probably felt more empowered because, Hey, this was a documentary produced by Michael Jordan part. Mm-hmm. So if our goat is shaping this narrative, yeah, let's, let's pour it on. Like, bro, his will got I'm, nothing to do with this. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Well, well, I was going to say to this too, is that, and this might be just me being a little bit naive here, but I don't think all fans, now every fan in the United Center ain't 40 plus years old, right? Mm-hmm. Do these fans really know and understand the importance of who Jerry Krause was? Because it seems to me that a lot of our legends in the NBA are at some point, whether it's a front office exec, whether it's a former player, whatever. It's like, if you aren't one of the players that, 
everybody around the world may know, like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or a Dr. J or something of that nature. But it feels like the fans of today don't quite understand the history of the NBA enough to understand mm -hmm. the importance of celebrating some of these legacies. And Jerry mm -hmm. Cross was definitely a legacy that deserved to be supported. So much so that Steve Kern chimed in on it, obviously, having played mm -hmm. in Chicago. Joakim Noah tweeted about it and said mm -hmm. something. And I get it. You know, I think fans already felt the way because Jordan wasn't there, because Scottie Pippen mm -hmm. yep. wasn't there, Rodman wasn't there. You know, they did send in video messages, but they just weren't physically there. Rodman wanted yeah. to come, but apparently weather, which it has been wild um, yeah. on the East Coast in the Midwest with, with the snow and the weather. So it does make sense. But I really feel like there is a sense of... Um, of 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 our fans of this new generation being lost to the mm. favorite players that you have now they had to come from somewhere they had to learn from somewhere some of the executives that we have in our game now they had to learn from somebody and had to have somebody as an example and it just doesn't seem like some of the fans today i'm not asking everybody to go and be a history buff and go and look up and read and watch and all this other stuff but i am saying that there is a level of respect that comes with certain legacies and i don't think that today's generation understands those legacies well enough to understand why booing in that situation was inappropriate. And Tarika, I, I, I echo what you're saying. And, and, and two, it was, it was such a different time then. And I think if, if Jerry Krause did anything that I wish he would have done better, I just, I just feel like he, he mismanaged egos, but you have yeah. to think about mm -hmm. the egos he had to manage. So yeah. like, we're talking about the, 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 to me, the best player to ever play the game, you know, a, a among other players that are some of the greats that will go down in history. So I I'm with you too about this is a different, this was a different time. Mm -hmm. And if we look at front offices too, and even head coaching, how people coach, how people manage. Yes, you can, you should be using some of the things he did as a template and also some of the mistakes he made, but we're, we're talking about a totally different time. The game yeah. was different. Yeah. Refereeing was different, Chris. I mean, every, the game, I mean, you can't, it's so difficult. So, ah, uh, man, it, I can understand why people were upset, but just from, again, from a reasonable humanity standpoint, I can never understand why somebody would go to the lengths to boo somebody, especially when they're not even here anymore. When I hear. It's yep. sick. Yeah. yeah. You, you yep. got it's It's very cruel and it shows the lack of empathy and you have critical, you know, reading and critical understanding is at all time low, I feel like in our society. And so they the don't garbage. have it really is in the gut. I don't have a grasp of just the importance of these different figures and these legends. It's like, oh no, they just, they were terrible people or they did X, Y, Z and that's who they are. No, there's a story. There are mm -hmm. journeys and steps they took to get to this point. Don't always have to like them, but have the human decency, you know, to show up and be respectful, especially as you guys mentioned, when somebody is no longer with us. Yeah. Thankfully, um, we talk about, you know, respect and legends. The Fab Five, they will always be legends to me and I hope to you, Tarika and Cherie, for what they did for the culture, even though they never won a national title. Their mm -hmm. impact on the game still speaks or still stands to this day. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit after the break. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, it was such a beautiful moment on MLK Day seeing the Fab Five together for the first time since their playing days in the 1990s, where you had Jalen Rose, you had Chris Webber, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson sitting courtside watching their former teammate and all lifetime, lifelong brother, Jawan Howard, coaching the Wolverines, who just happened to be playing Ohio State, and they beat them. That photo of Jalen Rose and Chris Webber together talking about my brother. And seeing them all smiling on the court, oh my goodness. Yeah. I feel like that healed so much, not just of Wolverines fans, but the state of Michigan for for what they did during their heyday with the Wolverines, Cherie. Ooh, you know what? We need this for the culture. There's so many things that we can be aggravated by, upset around. Um I was like, it almost made, and I'm not really the most sensitive person, but I, I almost felt like a little piece of a tear duct kind of coming <laughs> in on the right, on the right eye. Um, they meant so much to to basketball, um, mm-hmm. not just men's college basketball, and I think that's important to, to say. And for me, growing up, you know, playing the game, and, and considering all that they did have to endure, considering what happened. You know, when C-Web called that timeout, like all of these different things that really became etched in the history of what this group was that was so beneath, in my opinion, the, yeah. the, the, the measure at which and the lengths at which they made a difference for the game in general and not just how they played. It was a mentality that they just introduced that I felt was so fresh at that time. The way they wore their uniforms, the black socks. I mean, the list goes on and on. They were trendsetters. and seeing yes. them together and seeing people excited about them being together. It, it just, it, it warms my heart because they deserve those flowers. And I think sometimes we, we look at the wins and losses of certain games and situations and we negate the overall impact. So I'm, I was very gr- happy to see it. I love what Jawan Howard is doing in, in Michigan. I love, I'm glad he's getting healthy and he's okay. I know he had a surgery, you know, recently and all those things. So it's just nice to all just, just to see them together, but also to see what they've been able to accomplish even since then. So shout out to them. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I'm agreed. Um, and as a Spartan grew up beloved <laughs> as a Spartan, it ain't always easy to show love to Michigan. And like some, t- some people, <clears throat> I'm not sure if they understand how real rivalries work, right? And so in real rivalries, like it's ingrained. It's not, it's not one of those like, oh, I mean, it's cute, we cool this time. It's like, no, from the moment you come out the womb. This I was gonna not- ask you that as a baby. Has it been inside you since right. since childhood? Yeah. From the since moment you come childbirth. out the womb, it's like we don't do maize and blue, period. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But then you have other family members who are completely opposite where they're like, 
We don't do nothing East Lansing. We don't do nothing state. So there is always a house divided. Part Michigan, part state. We got Michigan alum and Michigan State alum. And it, so it's a, always a house divided. But this was the one moment growing up as a kid where it was like, this is bigger than just a school rivalry, right? Because number one, Jalen Rose is from Southwest Detroit. Quiz Weber is from Detroit. Jawan Howard, he's from the shot, which is like the cousin of Detroit. And his son even went to my high school, Jawan Howard Jr. He went to the, at the same time as Derek Nixon, Keith Applin, Persian High School. So I say all that to say that there was a deeper level of we really need to see these kids make it because kids mm -hmm. don't make it from where we're from. Right. Right. So it was very difficult to have that hate for the Wolverines in the 90s when this squad full of young black men that are representing the city and town of people in Detroit in the 90s. It ain't like Detroit now. Detroit now you come, you go downtown, you have a great time, you have fun. You never have to see what Detroit really looks like in the 90s. It didn't matter where you went. Detroit had a bad rep, had a bad name, had a bad whatever. Like there was no, there was no grace for us. So mm. you all were representing what many would call the best of the city, even though you didn't come from the best of circumstances. And so to see them get to that level was so exciting for everyone. And then to see how the whole relationship started to dissipate was just as disheartening. Mm. It was just yeah. as hard to, to, to hear, you know, I don't ever want to be in a room with that man and, or things like that. It was like, this was a brotherhood. We all grew to love and we all grew to love this team because of the brotherhood we saw y'all display. So it was very interesting in the city at that time. So I, even as a Spartan, loved yesterday seeing them show up seeing them support their brother um but most importantly the same way i feel about women's basketball when i'm seeing the grace of the game come back and pour into the young people um on the women's side i just love seeing them at a game period it just yeah. further connects you know what you can do and what you can accomplish as a professional to what you can do on the collegiate level in college sports. And you know, y'all both know that the parity in college basketball right now is at an all time high. So it yeah. was incredible to see those guys come back in that moment, but specifically it was an Ohio state game. That's a rivalry game for them. So it was just the moment. Everything about the moment was just perfect. Yeah. It, it, it was like it was written you know, uh, on a Hollywood script or for a Hollywood movie or something like that. Just how everything came together. Five black dudes, right, who challenged the system. Uh, they did it on MLK Day. They get the win yeah. against a rival. You really couldn't have scripted it any better. And speaking about scripts, guys, I don't think there is any really solid one for men's basketball, men's college basketball specifically, because yeah. there are no super dominant teams like we've seen in years past. Everybody, whether they're number one, number two, they can get got. Like this past week, we saw a whole bunch of the top five teams lose. UConn was the only one that escaped, you know, upset, upset city. But Kentucky went down. Purdue went down. Tennessee goes down. The list goes on. Kansas goes down. Like Houston. Houston went down. I don't know who was going to make the final four from these from this college teams, right? From Division One, I. I think for me, if I had to guess, I would say Kansas will be there because of the program that Bill Self has established. Hunter Dickinson, Kevin McCullough Jr. I think they'll be the backburners, the anchors. KJ Adams, Arizona with Caleb Love and Umar Balo, Kylan Edwards. I think those guys have a shot. They've looked really good in you know top positions or highly contested games. Maybe Purdue. Maybe Florida Atlantic, Johnny Davis. I'm riding face. that train. <laughs> Tariq always making faces. She always making faces. Uh, oh my and God. yeah, I, I think that's it, bro. Like, I'm not really sold. You could even throw maybe Duke in there. You know, they're up and down. Like, it's, it's a madhouse, y'all. Yeah. It's a madhouse, Tariq. Yeah, no, you look, you ain't wrong. I I think that Purdue is the best team in the country. I really do. I think Zach Eady is the best player in the country right now. Uh, to me, I think Purdue is the, the, the squad. 
And that is exactly why I don't think Purdue is going to make the Final Four. <laughs> the Big mm. Ten always shoots themselves. <laughs> the Big Ten always shoots themselves in the foot. And so, um, I if the if the playoffs in the if the tournament started right now, I would certainly have Purdue as a Final Four team. But the Big Ten just they never get it done for me. They are a disappointment waiting to happen. So. Mm. There's that. Um, I would love to see Houston get back to the Final Four, but I also think that Houston disappointed us. They lost back-to-back to unranked teams. You lost to Iowa State, then turned around and lose again to TCU in winnable in a winnable game. What is happening? But I think I think Houston could. Um, I think UConn will actually get back. I think that UConn flies. Oh under yeah, the yeah, yeah. The Big I forgot East about you. Is, yeah. is certainly not. Yeah, the Big East isn't isn't. Um, Big East isn't one of the most difficult conferences. It's not the easiest, but it's not a difficult conference right now. Um, And they're the cream of the crop of the Big East. I mean, the second closest team probably, in my opinion, would be Villanova. And Villanova just lost, yes, uh, just lost this week to Marquette. So, so UConn. um, And then, is that four? One, two, three, four? No, that's three. Um, And then I'll throw a blue blood. Probably, I, uh, I don't, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas stable. They're the only team in the top, in the top five this week that didn't move. So yeah, that would be, that would be, that would be it for me. Yeah. Purdue, Kansas, okay. UConn, and, and, and Houston. I got you. I'm going to switch out Purdue for UConn because I, I completely forgot about them. Part of that's probably because <laughs> I went to Syracuse, can't stand them. So I just <laughs> removed them from my memory bank. But yeah, UConn, they're they're a really good team. And when they get fully healthy, it's gonna be hard to stop them, Shuri. This is crazy because I feel like um Tarika wiretapped my phone. Oh! I have the same teams, <laughs> literally the same what? four teams. I'm not even joking. Yep. For pretty much the same reasons. Um yep. so I won't even go into detail because she already said everything. But I will say this this conversation lends it to a bigger one, which is, number one, the transfer portal has completely eradicated everything that we thought about Power 5 basketball. Let's just be honest there. And then it also excites me to actually be able to have conversations that are realistic around mid-major programs, you know, being winners, not just, oh, it's a Cinderella story and they lose in the Sweet 16 or maybe the Elite Eight. No, they won the national championship. And I think yep. we have to really be realistic. We are in that. We are in that time. I think within the next eh, three to five years, we could really see a mid-major team take it all. That excites me. And 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 the thing about the men's side in particular, it can be unpredictable. That's what I enjoy about it. Yeah. Add this caveat to it, and now I'm also interested to see what recruiting looks like in the years to come because that's being blown out the water as well. And I mean that in the best of ways. And I think. You know, just for example, for me, I, I started off at a Big Ten school. I played at Wisconsin for two years. Then I transferred to Northern Illinois, Illinois University to a program that was a better fit for me. And yes. I was embraced more as a player. And I was able to really have a, the experience that I wanted ultimately when I graduated high school. So I think opening these younger players' eyes to the opportunity that exists on the mid-major level is a really, really important thing so that the transfer portal is there, but everybody is not hopping into it because they're actually trying to go to a school that's not a, be- not a good fit for them. So I'm really encouraged by everything that's happening right now. Tarika, shout out to you because literally we are on the same page. I got the same form. No, 100%. And the other thing is, like, we got to realize, you know, how much excitement this is all going to lend to with the transfer portal and finding different fits um, that are going to match what you need, right? Because sometimes yeah. you can say, oh, you know, you're just running away from the ground. But no, some there are instances yeah. where you need to be set up in a different environment, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's, would, that's really important. Can I add to that too, though, that I think last year's Final Four really gave us a good sense of what it could be like to have teams that are non-conventional. And I think that's a positive and a negative, right? So positive it's great to hear new names it's great to hear new names get to know new programs um there was no number one seed in the final four last year um it was um UConn Miami Florida Atlantic and San Diego State right so it was great to have different programs from different conferences represented at the same time and this could be for more than one reason but at the same time 
I think that the men's final four last year was probably one of the most boring final fours that I have ever watched. Not necessarily for the play on the court, but because the rest of the world needs to understand that it doesn't have to always be blue bloods in the final four every year. Mm -hmm. So the excitement that you bring when there is a Kansas, a North Carolina, a a Michigan State or a a Kentucky or whatever, that's the same kind of excitement you got to give these kids when they don't come from the schools that you conventionally see in these positions. I don't think they did that last year. On the flip side, though, the women's final four was lit. And I ain't saying that just because I was there. I'm just saying the women's final four was litty. Okay. It was was litty. (laughs) And it was for that exact same reason because I think the fan base have embraced the parody. Mm In the women's game, they love seeing new teams. They love fan bases can't wait to come to the final four and show out. It's gonna be in Cleveland this year, it's gonna be cold. They're not gonna care, they're gonna have all of the, the hat, scars, gloves, <laughs> jackets, boots, everything, right? Like they have embraced that there is parity in the women's game, and so. Yes, while we still expect to see like a South Carolina as number, which I don't even know if that's an expectation because I was surprised. I was like, Dawn, Same here. you know what I'm saying? You got to reload. Mm-hmm. No, Dawn said, watch me work. Okay. And came like, right. And so the squad is hitting there. The number yeah. one, um, definitely going to see them in the final four. Um, mm-hmm. But then you got teams like UCLA. Now, I get it that they lost this year. I mean, they lost this this past week to USC. But hello, USC. Like, this rookie yeah. class is different. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, this rookie Juju. class is different this year. So that's to me, is the difference. Like, I feel like that is why the women's game is just having a bit of a different excitement because the fans and the media, and we're all embracing the parody. We're wanting the parody. Whereas on the men's side, I kind of feel like they're still stuck in this. If you aren't A, B, or C, then we yeah. kind of fall off a little bit where we need to embrace that on that, on that end as well. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I agree with, with everything you guys are saying and just even the additional excitement. Now, now you got people dunking, just like, Ashley Watkins, oh, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> coming, coming off a steel fast break. Now we're just dunking in the open court. I mean, the, the game is blowing up in a way that really excites me. I think women's basketball has been waiting on this for about the last decade. Not even kidding. At least yeah. that's my experience of it. So I'm excited about that. I got South Carolina, not only in the Final Four, I got them winning it all. Dawn Staley is a winner. Sorry to tell everybody. And I think she's pissed about not – not making it to the mountaintop last year. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that, you know, the team is playing with that chip on their shoulder in the best of ways. I, I just don't see, I don't see anybody beating them convincingly at this time. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm team Dawn Staley. So I'm excited. And, and I'm hoping that, that, that what I'm saying comes true, please God. Um, <laughs> okay. I also have USC in there. Like Juju is just exciting. Um, yeah. you know, they're kind of a wild card for me, but I do have them sitting there and then also have, um, I got LSU, which to Chris's point, they have some things to iron out. Um, you know, their, their recent loss to Auburn really showed a lot of, um, chinks in that armor that they have to work through. Yeah. So, um, but I do think that they're more than capable and obviously you can't beat experience. So been there, done that. They understand yeah. what it takes to win and get back there. So I have to just out of respect. For that alone, put them there. And then I do have Iowa sitting there. I don't think okay. outside of Caitlin Clark, they are the most talented team. But first of all, they work hard. And secondly, yeah. they understand that she needs the ball. And the way she is playing right now is out of out of her body. Like it, it's, it's a superhuman kind of functionality that she's moving with right now. And so I do again. I got to give them the respect and, and where they're sitting in the standings right now. I, I think they could, they could totally make it back there, but uh, South Carolina for me all the way. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of on purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. 
It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Chris, let me ask you this one thing, or not even let me ask you, I'm just saying. Do y'all think we are finally going to see... So, we've been seeing women dunk, which is dope. I love it. Like, absolutely love it, right? But I really want to see somebody boss up and be like, I'm about to block this dunk. Like every time somebody gets ready to dunk in the women's game, it's like because we because we're smart human beings, we know what's about to happen. Right. So we back off and let you have it. <laughs> I just want to see somebody boss up and be like, "Nah, she ain't about to dunk on me," and and like just go, just do it. Now you might be a poster. That's this cool. is what I'm saying. But and with social right, media now, sis, it's too want- much of a risk. You I just gotta move out the way. You gotta nah. clear a path. Hell nah. Too much to stand in that. Stand up. No, nobody's trying to be on the top ten plays the next morning. Nobody. You know me too. About me, Chris. You want to be a meme? You want to be a meme? That's 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 what you're asking yourself in your head. I can run from the grind. I came ready. I said I wanted to smoke, and yeah, I may get got, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get you more times than I get got. Yeah. Nobody scared. Come on, Cherie. Cherie, so last week, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, Somebody can do it for me in the WNBA. Just when Britney grow up, I just need Stewie or JJ to be like, nah, son, not on me, you not. So look, look, look. Here's the deal, though, too. It's like, I think there's an understanding, too, because no shade. Women, we 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 real smart like this. We just like- Knowing that if I let her get this dunk, it's only going to help all of us. So I think it's charitable to move out the way or to not attempt to block it. And I think that's part of it. I really, really do. Because I'm. you got to think. Ashlyn was number two top ten plays on ESPN. She was. She was. So I mean, it it behooves them to move out the way right now. For one, if she'd have dunked in somebody's face, I'm just saying somebody. If somebody blocked it, I just want to see it. I just want to see it happen. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to help the evolution. That's all. (laughs) Everything is that will be good for the women's game all around. (laughs) Somebody getting posterized, somebody blocking it. I'm all the way here for it, right? And speaking (laughs) about you know. <laughs> we tried out to, you know? <laughs> but speaking about blocking or getting that shit out of there um that's one of our segments that's the last segment we have for this episode and it's just something where we get our our hot takes off about something that we really do not like and while the nba has done a really good job y'all with how they honor mok and seemingly being genuine and forthright in making sure his legacy is upheld and seen in a respectful way uh, there are companies, and more importantly, more specifically, people that just hijack MOK's legacy every time Martin Luther King holiday, Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday comes around, where they co-opt his message, they make it about themselves, and they pretend, you know, got people crying about being canceled while they host a show on, that's run by, you know, a billion-dollar company. You yep. got 
the governor of Texas going over here pra praising MLK, FBI. We already know their involvement and what they did, MLK Jr. and his family. So get get that shit out of there because I'm tired of people pretending as if they would have supported MLK if he were alive. They wouldn't. They would have been doing the same shit that we've seen from these racists, right? Or some of these yeah. well-meaning, you know, liberals. So that's my get that shit out of there. Stop using MLK's name to get your twisted agenda off. Mm. Oh my God! I need you need some organs to go underneath you, Chris. Okay. Goodness, you just I'm sick of right it right there. Um, I, uh, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. I, I I'm, I'm told, and it goes back to the ethics committee <laughs> that Tarika is still searching for. I, I'm get it out of here that Draymond is back in three weeks from an indefinite suspension. I'm not buying it. Okay. I am someone, I'm an advocate for therapy. The people say he got some help or what have you been in therapy for years. The way he's been acting for several years did not get completely corrected in three weeks. Get that out of here. And I don't buy again, back to what Tarika was saying. I don't buy the NBA's responses to bad behavior. So get all of that out of here. You get on my nerves. This has nothing to do with basketball, but get Jonathan majors out of here. Since we're going to talk about MLK day. That comment is insane. Please don't ever say it again. And I feel bad that what's happening for his, with his career and all of those concepts, I do feel for him. But that whole commentary, bringing, bringing Coretta and all, that's nuts. It just got, I, I, just, I just felt it in my spirit, guys, so since we're going to talk about MLK. Leave Coretta out and all the other people that fought and died for us out of your mouth, just unless you're just paying complete homage and respect. Other than that, stop doing comparisons, metaphors, similes. Get all of that out of here. And Draymond should still be sitting at home trying to figure out why he chooses violence too much and too often on the basketball court. That's all. Mm. Mm. Y'all make this hard for me to figure out to get that out of here. Um, in keeping with the spirit of MLK Day, in keeping with the spirit of um, us kind of condemning the NBA for some of the stuff that they do. I need players to stop it as mm. well. If they ask you if you would go on this little vignette or whatever and record a message about what Martin Luther King means to you, and then I pull up Google and I can see all of the foolishness, domestic violence, sexual assault, all of that foolishness that you may have in your bio... I don't need you to be talking about what Martin Luther King means to you because clearly he don't mean shit. Um. I'm just saying, I think players need to be a bit more authentic and a bit more genuine. It is bigger than just the league. You have to be humanly authentic to yourself. And it is not cool for you to put on airs like we don't have the internet at our disposal and we can clearly see that you're full of crap. Stop it. Just be real and tell the producers this might not be a segment that I need to be a part of. Or just be real and say this might not be something that I feel would resonate with our audience. You need to get that all the way up out of here. Don't be faking loving on civil rights. And then at the same time, just, you know, beating up on your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend. Ain't no telling. Let's just let's just get that up out of here. So um, we all know what MLK stood for. We all know how much he meant to our people, to a lot of people. Um, yeah. And we just don't need any fake, authentic, inauthentic people um, yeah. trying to tarnish his name and his legacy. Mm. And, and on him. that, talk to him. Okay. On that note, y'all, I think we have concluded our show for today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the way you closed that out. It was we have, that was a, that was kind of heavy. We had. I'm yeah. like, how are we gonna yeah. get out of this? Can we yeah. laugh at all? What, <laughs> how are we gonna get out of this? Yeah, we gonna slide. We gonna slide up out of there when I said what I said because we said what we said. Okay. My, my brother Martin preached the good word. The good word is that is the word. Now we moving on. Amen. Well. <laughs> but y'all, we appreciate you guys always hanging out with us, kicking it with us. Uh, thank you, Cherie, for always dropping in with us, having a good time. It's always a great time that you are here. Again, you, shout out to the ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority for your okay for the Founders, <laughs> Founders Day this week. Um, 
ain't even gonna tell y'all to, to make sure that y'all are locked in and subscribed and tuning in to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, um, specifically iHeartRadio or any other place that you like to tune in. I ain't gonna tell y'all that because I know y'all are already doing that. So I'm gonna tell you to tell a friend to make sure mm. they are locked into the podcast as well and make sure that they download and subscribe or check us out on YouTube. You can also catch us on X at the three on three pod or on Instagram at three on three pod. That's going to do it for me, for Chris, for Cherie. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.